1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, one of the ways that I know it's baseball season is hearing the stereo MCs as we get ourselves cam connected on hit and run, good morning to you. It is baseball conversation. Major League Baseball not essential to providing baseball conversation. See, we all learned something during our uh, coronication, um, but it doesn't really feel like a vacation. Our team quarantine virus. I don't know. I'm still working out the kinks. I'll let you know when I get that all settled. In the meantime, we have baseball conversation with some of my favorite people, including Chris Kamka, Christopher Kamka at C Kamka on the Twitters, a great follow, super fun. And while we have no baseball, Chris Kamka, what the hell are you doing with your life?
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to fill the void and and that's, uh, I feel sorry for everybody who's following my lousy feed. Um, because it's pretty much like, hey, what do I have in this room? So we're going to roll with that. As, as you saw yesterday and pointed out, uh, um, yeah, I got a fun 16-card set of Smokey the Bear cards, and
1: by God, I'm tweeting them all. Um, well, hold on a second, because only you can prevent forest fires, Chris. Um, and I, I don't know, how did you end up with Smokey the Bear baseball cards? How did th- How did that happen?
2: Well, you, you see something, and I'm like, I must have that. And I have all the time <laughs> in the world, so I'm just going to start ordering stuff. And that's what came in. I'm excited about it because that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, also, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you just um, I've been opening baseball card packs and tweeting nuggets on each player. So, you know, I love the challenge of finding something interesting for every player I get. I mean, we just listened to you speak with a man who on May 3rd, 2012, had the only game in Major League history where both starting pitchers had the same birthday. So, Ryan Dempster, Homer Bailey, it's the only time it's ever happened.
1: Really? Only time ever? That's That That seems unlikely. I know, I know,
2: but sure enough, both starters had the same birthday, May 3rd. Um, Dempster should have had the win. He pitched eight scoreless, but unfortunately in the bullpen, let that go, um, yeah. So there's that. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's that kind of stuff. Um,
1: yeah, no, I, I I hear you. Demp Dempster brought up, and I don't, you, you know, we should check, and maybe after you're off, you could check. He thinks he has the only save in which he uh, a man walked four people in a row. He did it, for, it, it it pitching for Dusty Baker. He walked four guys in a row. Dusty started to come out to the mound. And Dempster <clears throat> like cleared his throat really loud and glared at Dusty and Dusty turned around and walked away. And then Dempster figured it out, struck out two guys and, and, and got the save.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, let's find an answer. I certainly have enough time. Um, So yeah, we'll do that. But I, you know, I love your 81 game season idea. I'm all okay. for it. I mean, give me some baseball rather than no baseball. Yeah, right. That's what I say. I'm mean, sure you agree. So I was thinking, yeah, of course. thinking about it and I'm like, well, what kind of numbers can we expect to see? Obviously, we're not going to, to see some just video game slash lines and video game ERAs and stuff. So I went back and I took a look at, you know, what are some interesting season numbers of players through the team's first 81 games? So let's let's take a look at some of these.
1: Wow. Um, Frank,
2: how about Frank Thomas, 1994? Yeah, that's I, I
1: was I was referencing that year earlier in the show because maybe there's a chance for karmic retribution that year, which got taken yep. from the White Sox. If they get a second half this year, maybe it'll favor the young and hungry, uh, exciting White Sox. But go ahead, yeah. Frank's first eighty-one. How were they? Pretty good. I think. Uh,
2: yeah. So he hit three seventy-three. He had on-base of five oh eight, and slugged seven seventy-one with thirty homers. <laughs> so oh yeah, we might God. get that. Let me me give you one from the north side. How about Derek Lee, two thousand five? One of the more underrated seasons in Mm. recent history, especially in Chicago. He hit three seventy-eight with a four fifty-one and a seven twenty slugging percentage, twenty-five home runs. I mean, so we might get one of these. How about how about uh, Hall of Fame inductee Larry Walker in nineteen ninety-seven? The first eighty-one games. Team games of the season, he hit 410 with a 509 on base and a seven sixty seven slugging oh, percentage. Oh, so, yeah. These are the kind of things we might get. This kind of stuff if we just have an 81 game season because you you know it's a grind. 162 games. These guys aren't going to have enough time to wear down. Really, um, they're going to be either you know, be fresh. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of ramp up, so they're not going to be completely rusty. I don't think. But you can get some fun stuff. Um, on the pitching side, you know, last year, Young Jin Ryu had a 1.27 ERA in his team's first 81 games of the season. Um, mm. You go back to 1968, how about this? Bob Gibson had a 1.13 ERA through his team's first 81.
1: He got even better. I was going to say, I was going to say, when you mentioned Ryu at 1.27, I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty close to Bob Gibson's 1.12 in 68, which doesn't feel like we will ever be challenged uh, with the run scoring uh, conditions that we have now. And then you go to Gibson, he he, he got better in the second half, 100th of a run. But that's amazing.
2: And I'll add that Gibson wasn't the best in the majors in 1968 through the team's first 81 games. Louis Tiant was 12-4 and 4 with a 1.08 ERA. Wow. My so, God. I mean, these are the kind of video game numbers. Yeah, I love giving you some Louis Tiant all day long. I might just fire up one of the 1975 World Series games I have on DVD and watch his watch him do his thing where he turned his back to center field and then came around to yes, throw sir. the ball. Yes, yeah, sir. if you haven't seen it, if you're listening and you haven't seen Louis Tiant pitch, go pull up some clips and watch it. You won't believe it. It is amazing. Very talented pitcher there's a pretty strong case for the hall of fame. I think eventually he might get in, but, uh,
1: yeah, Yeah, that's Louis Tiant was one of, one of my favorite pitchers as a kid. And then Gene Garber of the Braves as a pitcher had, uh, had a motion that was sort of similar. He would also turn his back, but Tiant, El Tiante, was just insane and so unique, you know, Peter Gammon's always talks about the most amazing game he's ever seen. He says, June 14th, 1974, Louis Tiant against Nolan Ryan. You're hip to that game, right, Chris? Where oh. Nolan Ryan Nolan Ryan went 13 innings. He struck out 19 guys. Louis Tiant went 14 and one-third innings. Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches. 235 pitches that day. Oh, sure. It's like, yeah, I mean... yeah it's, it's, it's like... It, it's ridiculous. So, but that—that's arms. Arms were different um, than, or at least uh, leashes were different, if not arms.
2: Oh, sure. And, and while you're on the topic of Nolan Ryan, let me, let me throw my favorite Nolan Ryan nugget at you. Please. So he is the all-time leader in strikeouts, right? Fifty-seven hundred and fourteen. Well, he also has two hundred and fifteen games with ten or more strikeouts. Okay. Yeah. If you subtracted those 215 games worth of strikeouts, he still has over 3,000, 3,167, if you subtract his 10-plus games. It's amazing. I, it's just like, you know, you, you, you can't put a finger on what it is that made Nolan Ryan amazing. You can't compare anybody to him. There's There will never be another like him. Um it's just, yeah, he, I appreciate him even more nowadays now that I see how, you know, the injuries, all that stuff. He was mm-hmm. able to pitch till he was 46. Unbelievable.
1: Insane. Uh, uh, absolutely insane. No, it's like Gretzky. You know, I think the uh, uh, Jay Zawoski always likes to talk about the, the Wayne Gretzky stat. I think if you took away I, – I, I think what it is is if you took away the goals scored from Wayne Gretzky – he would still be the all-time leader in points because of assists.
2: Yeah, I believe that's right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like something like with him. I mean, I'm going to go on a brief tangent here. The difference between one and two in NHL points is like the same between number two and number 85. I mean, yeah, something,
1: something like that. Something, something ridiculous like that. All right, all right. So, um, I you mentioned that you've got these old old baseball, uh, packs. These baseball card packs. I. I I had a moment, I think it was 1992. I like went to a flea market and they were selling old packs and I bought a pack of 1984 tops and I pulled out the Wade Boggs rookie card. And it was like, one of the great moments of my life, sadly enough, uh, to that point where it was like, oh, my God, because I think it was a $35 card. And we thought cards are only going to get more expensive. And this is going to pay for my kid's child education, my, my kid's college education. I don't think that's the case anymore. But w- what's been the best find from the old baseball card packs that you've been opening of late?
2: Well, funny, yeah. funny you mentioned that. So those those cards you're talking about, are the ones the little circle in the corner, the headshot, right? Yes. Okay. That, yes. That's 83. that's eighty three. That's
1: eighty three. Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. So it's him and him and Tony Gwynn are both eighty three. That's what Yeah, it is. My, my favorite all time card set. Now, we had a, a group where you get a bunch of guys
2: together we open a bunch of old packs. This guy had some some of those eighty three packs with you know, the rack packs with the three compartments of the cards. There's fifty one cards in the pack. Yeah. I opened one of those, this is two weeks ago roughly, and I pull a Tony Gwynn rookie. Whew. And that's that's my best reason to pull and this. It's amazing I mean the fact that those are there's still unopened ones around with those because they're how, old and how does, valuable. That ex- how does
1: it how does that exist how, how are they still open did they just make so many and and people well, didn't sell them and just put them in a box in a basement for decades it's insane well
2: no it's, it's just our, our buddy rich he just um, he, he has all these packs he's like yeah I just like to collect a bunch of packs that are unopened he just was sitting on them. He's like, now's the time, and so I was uh, very lucky to be fortunate enough to open one of them. And I still have a few. He gave me a few extras. I like few left. It's uh, yeah. It's just there's a nostalgia. I think when you open a pack of cards and, and you look at a player and and then you can post it and everybody has a story about that player. Everybody's like, oh yes. yeah, I remember him. He signed my first autograph. I, I love that connection that you can make with people, and especially now. Now is the time to be making those connections with people, you know. It's like yes. a bunch of baseball fans together. Yeah, we can't leave the house, but at least we can talk about this stuff. We have our own same memories, or you know, the age range isn't too big that we all had the same players that we liked growing up and the same memories. And you know, whenever there there's a lot of channels are playing old games. I know we're uh Bulls and Blackhawks games on ours. And you know you watch those, and it's kind of like there's a fan experience where it's like, yeah, I remember that point. Oh, there's a good point coming up. It's
1: what we need right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. This this is how to this is how to fight. This is how to win. This is this, this is how we win against uh, against against depression, against anxiety. Uh, Wilco has a great song uh, like How to Fight Loneliness. Uh, they say smile all the time, but this is this is how to fight loneliness right here. Is baseball card connections? Damn it chris can yeah. and, and did i see a picture did you try the gum did you try the gum one time oh yeah
2: yeah i, I actually opened a pack of 79 tops so oh this, this pack of cards is older than i am i took a little piece i'm like all right you know oh, I, no. I post a pack and everyone's like all right try the gum try the gum i'm like no, no. oh no finally I, I relented i'm like you know i'm gonna try a piece of gum older than i am and uh, uh well the first five seconds I'm like it's kind of tastes like gum and then I got up and ran to the bathroom and spit it into the sink because it was gross. Well,
1: what what right. happened? What happened with like the um, the texture of it? Did it crumble? Did it turn to dust? What the hell happened with it?
2: Yeah, it, it's very it's very brittle. Oh yeah, it, it's like crunchy. It's it like turns into fine powder once there's any contact, <laughs> pretty much. It's not good. Don't do right. it.
1: Okay, that's not uh, even that's so
2: say you did. Don't do it. All
1: right. Well, that, that, that's good to know. That's God's work you're doing. Somebody's got to eat that gum from 1979. It, it might as well be you for five quality seconds. Um, find Chris Kampka on Twitter at C Campka. Thanks for coming on, man. You're the best. Have a great yeah, day. Thanks all right? for having me. Okay, you got it. That's Chris Kampka from NBC Sports Chicago. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Wildcats host Nebraska and Maryland this fall at Ryan Field. Buy tickets now at nusports.com. And this segment is brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Eye Care Health for health care coverage that includes free gym memberships, after-school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. IlliniCare Health is a Health Choice Illinois plan. One more segment to go here on Hit and Run, Sunday morning's baseball show on 670 The Score. Julie and Maggie coming up after me at noon. But when we come back, I got to rip the commish. Got to on 670 The Score. Rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. I've never heard this song about baseball. In a baseball hat. Stands in the field with his ball and bat Says I am the greatest player of them all Puts his bat on his shoulder and he tosses up his ball And the ball goes up and the ball comes down Swings his bat all the way around The world's so still you can hear the sound The baseball fall the ground. It's a, it's an adorable song. I'd never heard it before. You're listening to hit and run on Six Seventy to score Kenny Rogers called. I am the greatest and uh, rest in peace, Kenny Rogers. And like checking it out yesterday morning when I got the news, um, checked out, just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in his first hit with his band, the first edition, From way back, and it's a really weird, cool, like, psychedelic country rock bluesy thing from, like, 1967, I think. But then I found my way to this song, and it's a little boy who's got the ball and bat. And the story is he goes out there, and he's tossing the ball up in the air and trying to hit it, thinking he's the greatest hitter ever. And he misses three times, strikes out, and as his mother calls him in for dinner, he then sees himself as the greatest pitcher of all time. Yep. I struck myself out. I'm great. I'm still great. So he stays believing that he's going to be a great ball player. Just transitions from hitter to pitcher. And uh, I don't know something about it. Like it's a little hokey. Yes, but baseball's a little hokey. And didn't we all have that moment? I had a moment where I thought, I think I might be great as a pitcher. I was throwing sidearm. I had a moment. Where it was like, I think I'm like Dan Quisenberry or Kent Tekulve. I'm a submariner. And I think my ball has some natural movement. I can hit both sides of the plate. I think I was 12, maybe 13. I was like, I, I think I just found it. I'm going to be great. I was not. Um, but I've always loved submariners for that reason. You're listening to Hit and Run on 670 to score. Julie and Maggie coming up in a little bit. Uh, I started the show talking about the commissioner. There's talk out there of skipping the MLB draft, and it's absurd because the problems that it will cause are so many. And what happened was that the AP ran a story, and the Associated Press, I mean, about how Major League Baseball is considering skipping its amateur draft this year and putting off the next international signing period as a way to preserve cash while games are affected by the new coronavirus. People familiar with the discussions told the Associated Press. Folks, this is a planted story from MLB. Talks between management and the Players Association are ongoing, include the contentious issue of Major League Service Time, which determines eligibility for free agency and salary arbitration. And so, look, they have a lot of issues to figure out and talk about it. And and it's bumpy. It's going to be difficult, these conversations. This is a time for all of us to be inventive, to be open, to be thoughtful, to be creative about how... Um, you as a league, you as an entity can cope with the situation and, and, and adjust. And one of the ways that baseball is thinking about adjusting is canceling the draft. It costs about $400 million total for the league, for the teams to pay for the draft. That's signing bonuses. So may, so I'm sure it's more than that, but $400 million in signing bonuses for amateur players is your total. For an individual team, it could be anywhere between $9 million uh, to like 15 or 20 Then there's international signing. And depending on if you have spent your money from last year or the past couple years, because they allot it in certain periods, you might not have that much to spend, etc. But that is a drop in the bucket in a multi-billion dollar industry that is a drop in the bucket and skipping the draft would be a massive disruption a massive disruption for players for for teams for organizations and kind of looping everybody into this two-year draft next year would be crazy and it's an unnecessary skippage. If they do it, it is unnecessary, and it is monetary. It is cheap, and it is opportunistic if they do this. You can continue some league business while this is going on. There's nothing saying you cannot. It is not inappropriate to hold a draft. Do you think it was inappropriate for the NFL to have free agency? If anything, it was so completely welcome and I, didn't, I did not think it was unseemly. And I, I think this would be unseemly. To cancel the draft as an opportunity to save some money would be gross. But that's, um, that's how Rob Manfred thinks sometimes. It's really unfortunate. It's a shame the way that he thinks as an extension of ownership. Look, we gotta get out of here and give plenty of time to transition for the next show. Julie and Maggie are up next. You can hear them, stay here to hear Julian Maggie at noon and David Schuster at three, and then the Grobber late night at midnight. But I want you to hear Adam Silver. I want you to hear the commissioner of the NBA in case you missed it at the top of the show. This is what a commissioner should sound like as he talks about the possibility of bringing the sport back to the people. Adam Silver is thoughtful, he is smart, he is creative, he is empathetic, I think he's realistic, And I wish that baseball's commissioner sounded more like this. Jordan Maley, thank you so much for a job. Very, very well done. Back at the shop. Stay healthy. Sean Anderson, producing. Great job. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much to Ryan Dempster for the generosity with time. And Chris Kamka from NBC Sports Chicago. Been a pleasure to be on. I'm Matt Spiegel. You can tweet at me at MattSpiegel670. And uh, I'll be around. See you next week for Inside the Clubhouse on Saturday and Hit and Run on Sunday. Have a great day, everybody. Stay healthy, stay sane, and be safe.
0: One of the things that we're very focused on at the league office and together with our teams is what are the conditions we would need to restart. And, and I'd say I'm looking at three different things here. One is... Of course, when can we restart and operate, as we've known it, 19,000 fans in buildings? And sort of that's one set of criteria. Then option two is, how would we, should we consider restarting without fans? And what would that mean? Because presumably, um, if you had a group of players and staff around them, and you could test them, and you could follow some protocol, doctors, health officials may say it's safe. To play, so that's sort of second set of circumstances, and then a third option that we're looking at now, and I would say all suggestions welcome, is that as I sort of beginning of this interview, I've mentioned the impact to me on the national psyche of having no sports programming on television, and one of the things we've been talking about are there conditions in which a group of players could compete, you know, and maybe it's for a giant fundraiser or just for the collective good of the people that. You take a, a subset of players, and is there a protocol in which um, they can be tested and quarantined and or isolated in some way, and then they can comp- com- compete against each other? Just because, again, people are stuck at home, and I think they need a diversion; they need to be entertained. And and I just add to that point, One of the th- the thoughts I've heard from you know several of our teams, and something I've been thinking about a lot is, you know, to the extent we were we were the first to shut our league down, and what way can we be a first mover to help restart the economy? Because, I, I, again, I would just add, is when you think about public health, of course, shutting down the economy, and I'm not criticizing the fact that we're doing it right now, we're, I'm following whatever the directives are, but there's no doubt that shutting down the economy is a, a public health matter as well. I mean, just in the case of the NBA, when you include all our day-of-game workers in our arenas, just the MBA accounts for roughly 55,000 jobs. And so it's like, I think we all have to be thinking collectively at what the right balance is. And I, and I know, of course, this is the obligation of government officials. When will it be okay to sort of come back out of our homes and say it's, it's time to re-engage with each other? And as I said, when I look at the options, maybe we can do this incrementally. The first step isn't um, games with you know, thousands of people in the arenas, but maybe it's just games. You know, something I've always said, you know, 99% of people only consume the NBA through some sort of media platform. I mean, it's only a tiny percentage of our fans that actually get to see see our games in arenas. So those, those fans who, you know, watch on television or whatever device they have are fans just in the same way people are in the arena and maybe even through new kinds of technology, There's ways that fans can be virtual, that they can react to plays on the court and make noise in the arena. I don't know. You know, sometimes out of even the worst crisis comes opportunity. And one thing I'll say about the United States and maybe as we've watched this unfold around the world that we're an incredible country and some of the, the, the greatest inventions, some of the best innovations, some of the best minds are in this country. And I think, we're, I'm sure as people are sitting home but still working, they're thinking of these various things. Like, like, So how can we restart the economy and what role can the NBA play? T-Mobile has invested
1: billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours